message you're about listening to is a sermon by Bishop George Ajiman, the General Overseer of Winnish Chapel, Ghana. Be encouraged, inspired, and uplifted as he brings the word of life to your spirit and soul. Last Sunday, God spoke to us, one faith, one family, and we saw how Christ prayed for his church that we ought also to pray one for another. Praise the Lord. God wants us to practicalize the faith that we have in him. For so long a time, we have professed love for God but it has not been seen. So many people have wondered whether what we say we actually mean it. For so long we have not been representing the Christ that the world needs. God wants to address his children that are gathered here on this very very crucial issue. How to practicalize your Christian faith. Praise the Lord. Alright, so I bring a message to you, a message that I have titled, Love One Another. Love One Another. Amen. Love One Another. And I take my anchor scripture from 1 John and chapter 4. I read from verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. That's where the title came from. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who doesn't love doesn't know God, for God is love. Amen. Verse 7 again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who doesn't love doesn't know God, for God is love. Now jump to verse 20. 1 John chapter 4 verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who doesn't love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hasn't seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Praise the Lord. The true identity of any believer is found 
in the love he expresses towards his neighbor. The true identity of the believer is found in the love he expresses towards his neighbor. If there isn't any affection, if there isn't any love shown towards your neighbor, your Christian profession is questionable. You may quote the date of your new birth, you may quote the date of your Holy Ghost baptism, you may quote the date of your water baptism, you may show tender as evidence the certificate upon certificate of your Bible school education. But if none of those find expression in the love you show towards your neighbor, your Christian faith is questionable. Anything short of the love you express towards your neighbor is mere activity. And like I said last week, the church has tended to promote activity over and above love for one another. I gave you the illustration of a CCU member who is so zealous in doing CCU that he drove somebody away because the person won't park where he has asked him to park. Only God knows how many people have chosen to stay because of the love of God in their heart from the hands of how ushers have treated them. And we have tended to promote activity, never minding the love towards one another. If we must inherit the kingdom, the ticket we need to inherit the kingdom is the love we show one to another. That is why the scripture says, Beloved, let us love one another. Because that is the only way we express God in us towards our neighbors. If there isn't any love in us, it is very difficult to know whether there is God in us. The question is, what is love? Beloved, let us love one another. The love that is being talked about here is the love, the relationship that we develop amongst the brethren. The love of God, the love which God showed us that he wants us to reproduce unto one another. When we read 1 John chapter 4 verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested towards us. So God first showed us love. He says, in this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. God gave his very best so that mankind would also live. God is life. God is ever alive. God didn't need to give Christ away. It wouldn't have reduced him 
he would still be God, he would still be living. But for your sakes and for my sakes, he asked Christ to come to this world and die. And that is the expression of love. When you look away from yourself and you look towards your neighbor and seek the good of your neighbor, that basically is love. When you look away from yourself and you look towards your neighbor and you seek the interest and the good of your neighbor, you are expressing the love of God inside of you. And I pray that as we hear the voice of the Lord this morning, we also will become practitioners of that which we hear. Amen. I want to give us very, very practical instructions. I'm just going to read from the Bible. A breakdown of what love is all about. Let us love one another. What is the meaning? How do I love one another? How will I know that my behavior is seen in the eyes of God as loving one another? I just read a portion from the book of Romans and chapter 12. It just gives a breakdown of the components of love as it would apply to us today. And so I want you to open your Bible with me to the Romans and chapter 12. And God is going to talk to us. When the scripture says, let us love one another, what exactly is he talking about? Romans chapter 12, and I read from verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't say something with your lips and mean something else in your heart. Let love be without hypocrisy. That which is in your heart, let it be good towards your neighbor and express it. Abhor what is evil. Have a distaste and a dislike for what is evil. Don't promote evil. Don't seek the downfall of your neighbor. It's not of God. Don't wake up in the morning and be praying that your neighbor falls. Don't join hands with your fellow brother and say, May that sister, may that brother fall in Jesus' name. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. These are short, short, short sentences. They are not grammatically anything. Very short because they are straightforward. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Be kind towards one another. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Don't raise yourself higher than your neighbor. See the brothers in him. See the sister in her and operate at that level. Don't put him down. Don't say, you two, where are you from? 
Do you know it's possible you sit in church and then another person comes to sit by you and then you carry your Bible? Oh, I'm sure it happens here. You carry your Bible, you look at your shoulder and you see, <laughs> what is this person doing here? But since it is church, you can't drive him away. You carry your Bible and transport yourself to another place. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. You don't know why someone is in the state in which he or she is. You don't know. And where else will he go to apart from the house of God? Even if he is an armed robber and they are chasing him and he comes to this place and he hears the, the sound of God's voice through the minister and he sits down and in his heart he says, God have mercy on me. God will receive him. How will you treat him? Hey! Then you call your mobile phone. He has come to hide here. So come and carry him away. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Be diligent in attending to one another. Be fervent in spirit. No lukewarmness when it comes to attending to the brethren. And in doing all of that, know that you are serving the Lord. That is what verse 11 says. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Because I know that in the end it will spell good for me. I know in the end it will earn me credit before God. I know that in the end I will hear in my ears, Well done, faithful servant, stay by my right side. So you rejoice when you are diligently serving one another. You rejoice. That's what he said, rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Sometimes will come, you will have to go through undesirable situations and circumstances in times like that. Like when Paul and Silas were arrested and cast into the prison. Like when Peter was arrested and cast into prison. They were about the business that God had committed to their hands. And yet, the world that didn't understand them nearly crucified them in times like that you don't give up hope you don't denounce your faith it's like church was breeding people that were not being prepared for times of tribulation but the scripture says we must be patient in tribulation continuing steadfastly in prayer you will notice that these are commands that are very, very short. Be patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Distribute to the needs of the saints. Very, very simple instructions. And these are the things that make up love one another. Praise the Lord. Verse 13. Distribute to the needs of the saints. 
Be given to hospitality. Be hospitable. Just as when you go to the hospital, they care and tend for you. You also be hospitable. Care and tend for one another. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. <laughs> Bless and don't curse. Don't do all night cursing another person. It doesn't show the love of God which is in your heart. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Attend wedding ceremonies. Attend naming ceremonies. And weep with those who weep. Identify with the brethren in times of hardship and trouble and death and burials. Be of the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Don't insist that yours is the right one. Soft pedal. We are not in the same class. We are not in the same group. We are not in the same level of faith. So don't use your superiority to bully someone else. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. That is, vengeance belongs to God. So don't say, because you have wronged me, I'm going to do this. No, 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 no. You may be angry, but don't avenge yourselves. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So if someone wrongs you, you may be angry, but that is how far you are permitted to go. You don't plan and execute the falling of your neighbor. Verse 20. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, do what? Do what? If he is thirsty, what do you do? You give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Praise the Lord. So if you ask me, what does First John 4, 7 say? What does it contain? What is expected of me when the scripture says, Beloved, let us love one another. I will tell you, let's begin from Romans chapter 12 from verse 9 to 21. When we finish that, God will bring another one. Praise the Lord. Amen. These are very simple, practical guidelines relating to loving one another. And they are there for us to...
to practice. They are not there for us to read. Of course, we read to know. And when we know, we put in practice. All of us don't want to see engineers that don't know engineering. None of us will patronize doctors that don't know how to attend to the sick. In the same way, nobody would like a Christian that has knowledge of all the scriptures but is not a practitioner of it. You go to the hospital and you pay money for services rendered by efficient doctors and nurses and all the services they render there. Alright? The same way, because you also come to church, certain lifestyles are expected from you. And if those lifestyles are not found in you, you have betrayed the Christ that is in you. You have made null and void the work of Christ that he came to show to mankind. And so I would want every one of us take Romans chapter 12 from verse 9 to verse 21 every morning if possible read through and then let it guide your life. And then a whole new breed of Christians will emerge and they will see the glory of the Lord reflecting upon us in every step that we take. Let us love one another. Is it possible for one person to love all the brethren? Of, of course, let me talk about this assembly. Is it possible for one person to love everybody? And God know that, yeah, in your heart you may have it. But will you have the opportunity of getting close to everyone that is in this place? It's practically not possible. Even when you come to church and you choose to sit at different angles of the church, you won't meet everybody. And so we have to be reasonable. And we have to develop good neighborliness. We have to develop good neighborliness. It is the beginning of brotherly responsibility. It's easy for you to stand here and say, I love you all. You are finished saying it. It's not the easiest of things. If five out of these people you say, I love you all, come to you, and all of them need transport to go home, you will revise your statement, I love you all. So the foundation, and it is one thing that this assembly we need to wake up to, if there is going to be any change, if we are going to see the glory of the Lord, if there has been a sleeping that we need to awake, it is in this area, developing good neighborliness. I said it last Sunday, the only reason why we are a large church is because this building is big and there are so many chairs that are put together here and all, it looks like the chairs are almost filled all the time. That's the only thing that makes this church large. Apart from that, there's no largeness of this church anywhere. Or you know of any other place where there's the largeness of the church. I don't. I don't because I attend weddings in this place. I don't. I have been told and I have experienced how brethren stand alone in times of hardship. 
Now, one of the things that has not helped us hear this very well, one of the things that has not helped us is the fact that we are large. It has not helped. Because everybody thinks everybody is around. Oh, Winners is a large church. They will follow you. That is what everybody says. And yet nobody moves. Okay, even if I don't go, there are so many others that will go. I was reading one of the papers, this Monday exercise we are doing, I was reading one of the, I've, I've forgotten what is written. Somebody was saying, um, has anybody told Bishop what is happening in the church? Somebody was asking, has anybody told Bishop what is happening in the church? Then when I was reading it, I asked myself, you writing this one, have you told me what is happening? You see, his assumption is that the church is so big that, oh, oh, definitely somebody will tell Bishop. And so he sits down and becomes the uh, legal analyst. And so now he took pen and wrote, has anybody told Bishop what is happening? Bishop ought to know what is happening. And then I said, have you come to tell me what is happening? It's the same thing. Everybody is thinking somebody is doing it. And because everybody is thinking somebody is doing it, nobody is actually doing it. And that's it. It, it is one of the biggest problems we have in this place. Everybody thinks somebody is doing it. And because everybody thinks somebody is doing it, you end up getting nobody doing it. And then it comes out in amazement. How? How? And then everybody asks, how? And they say how has a very long, praise the Lord. All right? But there is a way. There is a way we won't let our largeness be a disadvantage to us. There is strength in numbers. And we have to encourage large numbers. But in doing so, we must not lose sight of the small unit groupings. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. How many houses are in Accra here? How many buildings? Anybody has an idea? How many houses? I mean structures, physical structures. There are many. True or false? Many. But do you know all of those houses have owners that you just can't come from Krochia Mansa somewhere and come to Accra and say, I mean all these houses, I can get a place to sleep. And then night comes, so you walk to the nearest house, you open door, and they ask you, what's happening? <laughs> I came to Accra, I saw so many houses, so I decided to sleep in one. What do you think will happen? If you don't check out, they will call police for you. Because every house, even though there are so many houses, they are all individual houses. Attached to individual people. Alright? If we always see the largeness like that and forget about the individual groupings, we lose sight of a very powerful force. So I want us to be very, very, very careful even though we may be a large crowd, the essential, 
the strengthening part is for us to recognize the small groupings it is in the small small groupings that we are able to organize we are able to perform we are able to execute so many things praise the lord praise the lord very very important we have to develop good neighborliness it is the beginning of brotherly responsibility that is why i wanted us to look at that passage in luke chapter 10 that was read you know the lawyer seeking to tempt the lord jesus christ asked that question and who is my neighbor luke's gospel we read that passage when the offering was being taken luke's gospel chapter 10 developing good neighborliness it is then that we'll be able to express love towards one another if you stand alone in a crowd like this you will be lost and nobody will recognize you ghana is one big nation and yet for effective administration it's broken down into 10 regions all right now even in each of the regions they have broken down again into districts it is only then that administration will be easy you can't deal on the large like that and leave it there and that is one of the problems this assembly has suffered we don't like associating with the small group but we want to say we are part and it doesn't help praise the lord it doesn't help at all luke chapter 10 verse 25 a certain lawyer stood and tested him teacher what shall i do to inherit eternal life that's what i want you to take note what must i do to inherit eternal life i think that should be our goal also what must we do to inherit eternal life not just to come to church to inherit eternal life and then he said what's written in the law he answered you shall love the lord your god with your heart with your soul with your strength with your mind love the lord your god fine and then you should love your neighbor as yourself and then jesus said you've answered rightly do this and you will live love god and love your neighbor the whole of scriptures is broken into two love god and then love your neighbor jesus said that's it go and do it but he verse 29 wanting to justify himself said to jesus and who is my neighbor so this morning i want to ask you that question who is your neighbor is it a person sitting next to you see your neighbor who's your neighbor and jesus gave this illustration about the priest who was lost in his priestly activities sometimes one or two church people tell me a bishop you are so busy that we can't see you i say oh, my goodness what am i doing what is bishop for what made me bishop is it not because i'm pastoring over this church so anybody that tells me that when i say you are part of the big things that make me busy so come and add your own any day you you hear that bishop is busy he is attending to somebody 
And so you too come and join. So that another person will say, Bishop is busy because I'm tending to you. But if all of you say that Bishop is so busy that nobody will go, then I will sit down there, not doing anything at all. And then all of you will have that mind. And so one day I will come to the office, I will be yawning, I will be reading newspaper, I will be doing it, and then everybody will be saying down there that Bishop is very busy. Particularly if I have some CCU men around me who know how to do CCU properly. Oh, they will tell you. The bishop is very busy. And so everybody knows Bishop is very busy. And then I'll be sitting in my office. Ah, today, this church is good. Everybody hears the word of God. They practice the word of God. They don't even come for counseling. Everybody is doing very good. And that is how I'll be thinking. And then you will be thinking now that Bishop is very busy. And then the CCU men are dancing around me. Bishop is very busy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please. So anytime you want to see me, I'm available. Praise the Lord. Anytime. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you see, those are the things. Men, when they are not cautioned, if we don't read passages like this, somebody will be a priest and he will be so carried in his priestly activities that he will forget that he is a priest over people. Over people will not be there and he will be a priest. Man, don't you know I'm a priest? I'm a priest. Priest, what are you priesting? And you see, we see it in Luke chapter 10. Maybe, who knows? I don't know why this priest, when he saw the man who had been attacked by armed robbers, he saw the man and then went ahead. Who knows? Maybe he was going to Sunny FM to do preaching engagement. Eh? So busy, I have an appointment here, I have an appointment here, I have an appointment here. And somebody is lying down there, needing attention. So I have an appointment. Please, let's not be overtaken by activities. Let us show the love of God that is in our heart. Praise God. Amen. The priest failed, and he failed woefully. He was busy ministering. You wonder what he was ministering, to whom he was ministering, and what he was ministering about, that a man that had been attacked and had been left by the roadside, he couldn't even have time to attend to such a person. May I not be found guilty. Say amen. amen. The next person that came around, we are told, Likewise, verse 32, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on. Now, who is a Levite? I want to, in our modern, modern present day, not modern present day dispensation, I want to talk about a Levite more in terms of church denominationalism. Right? I belong to this group. I belong to. That's exactly what the Levite did. All right. He looked at him. He was not a fellow Levite. So, if you are not a Levite, let me leave you. When we are doing love feast here, and you you belong to to sanitation, and you prepare meal for that's how we usually say. If there are two of you, prepare for five people, and then you come, and then you are in sanitation group, and then you notice that all the sanitation group people have. And then somebody from surveillance comes. The five, the extra three that you have, is it for who? 
see when you were coming in your head it is for my fellow sanitation people so if surveillance man comes around no 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 that is the stand for surveillance oh there's nobody there is it uh, over to you over to you this is sanitation are you a member <laughs> all right that is the levite spirit in this passage but we need to break down all of those in order to show the love of god that is shed abroad in our hearts and then finally we are told the samaritan came the one who possessed the heart of love the one that traditionally ought not to come near this person by reason of cultural divisions and yet he pushed all of those aside and then attended to this man how he carried the man to the hospital and paid the bill just as god gave jesus christ the man wasn't sick the samaritan wasn't sick the samaritan was healthy he didn't need to go to the hospital but for the sake of this man that had been abandoned by the wayside he found himself in the hospital he found himself paying bills not bills for himself but bills in order that someone else might be better he reproduced the love of god and we read the love of god is christ god giving christ so that we might live and you see this man he carried the man that is on the wayside put him in his car his car in this passage is horse in his car took him to the hospital paid the bills right because he wants to see someone live a better life that is love now the question i want to leave with you are you a neighbor indeed to your brother are you a neighbor indeed to your brother are you a neighbor indeed to your brother praise the lord thank you for listening to this sermon by bishop george ajuman we hope you have been blessed to get more of this podcast log on to our website www.winnersgana.org you can also follow his handle at bishop george ajuman on Facebook and SoundCloud. God richly bless you.